Hey, it's Rob. This podcast is a great example of the power of thought leadership. Two high performers getting together to share insights and knowledge to help others on their journey. This is all possible because we both use podcasting as a vehicle for growth and creating impact for others. If you want to do the same and you don't have a podcast, then I've got you covered. I built a five-week live podcasting program called Shining Your Voice. We've got a cohort starting soon. You can sign up at robcressy.com backslash voice. Now time for the show. First question. Tell me one thing you do to create your best year ever. Uh, Take care of my people. Uh, unorthodox answer. However, at this point in my life and my career, I have my shit on lock. Uh, my first book is about self-awareness and how to take care of yourself and your mindset. And I wouldn't say I'm perfect. However, to get the best results at this point in my career, it's all about my team, all about my team, all about the people that rely upon me, all about my customers, all about the clients, all about the impact that I have. So I've, metaphorically speaking, filled my glass up and do on a daily basis. However, now I'm focused on pouring from the glass in the proper places where it needs to be, which over the past 14 years, I was pouring into the wrong places. I've learned where not to pour and where to pour, and that would be my one-minute answer. And oh, am I excited for this episode And welcome to Best Year Ever, a podcast designed to inspire growth and impact so you can create your best year ever. And I'm your host, Rob Cressy. And joining me today is Chris Warrens, founder at Warrior Consulting. Chris, great to have you on the show. Yo, thanks for having me, dude. I know we were supposed to do this a few months ago, but shit happens. Here we are. We're both busy and we made it work. So I appreciate you having me. Um, on and you know being able to offer some perspective hopefully add some value to like one person that's all I'm going for so I appreciate the opportunity man and I would like to congratulate everybody who is listening or watching right now because you are about to get a master class in high performance and Chris (laughs) you and I connected on just one phone call. And one of the things that I love about being a natural connector and a host and a relationship builder is when you find those people where immediately you are two peas in the same pod, where you and I, we needed no no pleasantries. We just got right into it. And I saw what life you are about. And you're about that high performance life. And there's a variety of things that I'm going to get to with you. So for everyone who knows, you are about to get a 100 out of 100 level on what it is to create your best life and be a high performer. So Chris, uh, I'm going to be very formulaic about this because I'm going to take the things that we talked about in our conversation and we're going to do some quick little um, dives into this to try and explore it. So Let's start with this at the top, high performance. And you'd mentioned to me, you had to program yourself to not go into scarcity. And boy, does that resonate with me because uh, it's very, um, almost a polarity. Whereas high performers are like, boom, everything we do is optimized. But the natural tendency of all of us as humans is, 
oh man, scarcity, where I don't want to lose my money or I don't want to waste my time. And that mindset is loud and it never goes away. Uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, man. Uh, like on a daily basis, I take the proactive approach to make sure that I don't slip into scarcity. There's also reactive approaches, but we know as high performers, I, excuse me, high performers, that proactivity is always going to be far more effective than reactive when it comes to changing one's mindset, to say the least. But that day when we had that phone call just to connect, I don't know if you remember, I was robbed for half a million dollars. Oh, yeah. I was like, I had just found out. And I was like, on the brink of canceling the call, you know, to like weep in my like sorrows because I just got robbed for a half million. But fundamentally, that was not the first time I was robbed. It was, I hope it's the last time, but, but it was for the largest amount. And I was constantly like reactively checking my mindset to not slip into scarcity. And that was what, three months ago? Here we are three months later and it's, it's working itself out. So, you know, it's not a quick thing when it comes to, you know, situations like that. But uh, whenever there's litigation, it takes a little bit of a little while, but. So Chris, let's dive a little bit deeper into that, into the specifics of things that we can do. So someone can hear that. And of course I remember that. And, and I loved it because uh, we were both so comfortable with each other immediately that you are willing to share this with me. And I just ended up being the right person for you because I understand all of this or different stuff as a high performer and as a coach. And one of the things that I believe in is karma. And when you get hit for a 500K loss, that there is something equal or greater on the other side for you. And certainly I know this from my own experience that anytime you lose a client or something negative happens in your life, this can be big or small. I know one of my friends recently had his uh, computer have the black screen of death. So any of us who knows that, it's like, oh my God, it's just this miserable thing. But having this lens of, all right, this negative thing is happening and immediately reframing it to something good is going to be on the other side. And I want to see if you can share a little bit about the tactical how you reframe this for yourself because it's not easy. It happens. The more you do it, the more you get used to taking this action. It doesn't mean it's comfortable. You just take more action. But for someone listening or watching right now, how can they do that if they lose $1,000 or their computer blows up? Yeah, you know, it's the same. That's an excellent question. And, you know, the, the answer is so simple from my perspective. And it is the exact same thing I used this morning when I let my dog out at 5am before I even had coffee and she got hit by a skunk. Like it's the exact same approach that I used right there in the morning this morning that I used when I found out I lost, well, I was robbed for half a million dollars a few months ago. And it's this, it's so simple. People, I think, lose the value and simplicity when it comes to programming and mindset and high performance. But this is what I've learned to do. Rather than bitch and moan and complain and, and like get all upset and like wallow in my emotions fundamentally, I've learned to like, I've programmed myself to do this. Okay, Chris, what's the lesson? 
what's the lesson? What's the lesson here? What do I need to learn? Where, where can I grow? What can I do better? Rather than complain, look at it as an opportunity to learn something. And with the dog and with the money situation, I've learned uh, the skunk thing I've learned more than once, but apparently my action plan to get there didn't work. For instance, with the dog this morning, my action plan at five o'clock in the morning when I wake up or late at night when skunks are out, you know, dusk to dawn type frame, I always pop my head out the back and sniff around because where I live in Connecticut, skunks are everywhere. Uh, we also have raccoons. I have a pit bull. She tries to attack, whatever. But the point is, this morning, I stuck my nose out and I didn't smell anything. And she still got hit. So I have to do better when it comes to being proactive to make sure my dog doesn't get hit by skunks. And that's the, that's the answer. What is the lesson? And then within the lesson, what's the action plan? Because in my opinion... The action plan is the difference between high performers and not. The lesson will teach you that action plan is what will take you to the outcome that you desire. Absolutely love that. So the next thing that I want to talk about is building a bulletproof mindset. And in our conversation, you talked about usually people have trauma in their life where it creates this aha moment for them. And I've had that in my life, but that also isn't the um, fulcrum of what turned me into a high performer. And for me, there's actually one word that describes all of this about how you build a bulletproof mindset. And that word is choice. You choose to build a bulletproof mindset and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, because as high performers, we're intentional about every single aspect of our life. And that's, of course, how you create your best year ever because you're intentional about all the things and you say, hey, what would I love to do more of in my life? How would I like to design my days and my moments? And you go ahead and do that. And when you understand the power of choice, and so often people say to me, Rob, how are you always so positive? And I look at them and people don't realize that this is a non-thought for me because why would I ever choose negative over positive? As a high performer, that is a, a zero-sum game. Why would I ever choose to live other than the best version of myself? So can you share a little bit more about the process for how you've built a bulletproof mindset and others can do the same? Yeah, you know, my, my, my trauma story is probably a little bit more unique. Doesn't mean it's, it's worse than anybody else, but um, yeah, I was wounded in combat in 2006 when I was in, serving in Iraq with the 101st Airborne. And I, I, was, I was on my back, like I had, I had almost given up. And long story short, that day gave me some incredible perspective on life. And that's about when gratitude started seeping its way in. Because I chose not to, I chose all the wrong things prior to 21 years old. At 21 years old, there, laying on the battlefields, wounded, uh, things changed from that day forward. So, you know, that was 16 years ago. 
somewhere along the way, I stumbled on one of my favorite authors, which is Napoleon Hill. And uh, I, I think the first book I read by Napoleon Hill was Think and Grow Rich. However, and that's that's the common one that everyone knows, and that's a great book. But if you want to go a step further, get the original version of Think and Grow Rich, which is called The Laws of Success that he wrote 11 years prior. And it's much more in depth and onto this topic of choice. And, the, and I'm paraphrasing, but what Napoleon Hill says is our thoughts are our choice, fundamentally speaking. We choose positivity or we choose negativity. Uh, in society, specifically here in America, with entitlement and victim mentality running wild, it's, it's a plague of choosing to play victim. It's a, it's a plague of choosing entitlement. And it's a slippery slope because the victim mentality choice is to thrive off of negative choices, thrive off of negative attention. Okay. That's a right. We all know that's victim mentality. I chose not to play victim anymore. And I choose on a daily basis to pursue purpose. Another topic that Napoleon Hill and I write about. So fundamentally, when I wake up in the morning, I'm actually pretty happy. I'm like, yes, I get to go out, have fun, help people, make impact, make a bunch of money and do cool shit. And my choice is to be happy. My choice is to be positive. You could choose otherwise, but I would, I could, from my perspective of probably a decade and a half of choosing positive, I wonder why I wasted two decades not choosing positive. So I will yes and what you just said. And one of the best things I may have ever learned in my entire life and a lot of my coaching is based around this, is when you go from, all right, I've accepted that I can choose my thoughts to designing them. So the ability to say, all right, what does the best version of Rob and Chris look like? What is the most powerful version of me? The one that I know is my truth. And this is holistic and applies to all areas of your life. And you can think of this as a boot sequence like a computer. And I talk about this all the time. So when you start your computer, you hit on and it goes, start this program, start this program, start this program. And 10 seconds later, it's like, hey, you can now use Spotify and Photoshop and Zoom and uh, Safari. Cool. It works like a perfect computer is supposed to do. Well, imagine if we did the exact same thing for creating ourselves into the best version of ourselves, which also then determines our thoughts. So for me, my boot sequence, and I'll paraphrase some of these, I am infinite love, I am a revenue generating juggernaut, I am in flow, I am forgiving, I am an overachiever, I am that I care the most. And I am not only speaking these out loud, but I'm visualizing them and I'm feeling them and I'm creating the emotion in them so that they are real in me because your mind doesn't know the difference between uh, reality and thought. So it's like, boom, when you think it, it becomes true and it becomes who you are and boom, I've designed these things. And all of a sudden, this becomes the lens for how I see the world and show up and interact with the world. So therefore, all of the results that I create in my life are designed by the way that I create my boot sequence first thing in the morning. 
that's reprogramming your subconscious. That's that is the sauce for for a positive, optimistic, whatever you want mindset. Napoleon Hill teaches it as purpose or purpose statements, but fundamentally they're affirmations. You're reprogramming your subconscious to basically flood your life with whatever you desire. So I, I respect that. And I do the same exact thing every single day, as soon as I get out of bed and throughout the day. So that's the sauce. I like that. Ding, ding, ding. One of my favorite quotes, success leaves breadcrumbs. So if Rob does this and Chris does this and Napoleon Hill talks about this from years and years ago, if you are not doing this, Maybe this is something you should explore a little bit deeper. And I've got uh, my, upcom my upcoming Design Your Best Self program coming up. Our cohort starts on August 16th. You can go to robcressy.com backslash best if you want to explore more about that. So, Chris, the next thing that I want to talk to you about is four words that do not belong in my language and they don't belong in yours but they are prevalent everywhere in the world. In air quotes, if I had only. Oh boy, these words are the bane of the existence of any high performer, entrepreneur, or dreamer in the world. And for me, I have specialized in being a not if I had only. One of my mantras, live in action. And I think back to... One of the pivotal moments when I was still in my corporate job and people were like, Rob, what was it like when you took the leap from a corporate job to entrepreneurship and going on your own? And it was simple. I said to myself, I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't give it a shot at making my dreams happen. I sat there and I was like, I know I belong. I know I am as good or better than everybody out there. And for me, the bigger risk was not taking the risk at all because I was not willing to live if I had only. Yeah, and uh, the perfect reframe for if I had only is how can I? Ooh, I love right. that. Yeah, how can I? Like, I, I I'm, I'm will be a billionaire. How can I become a billionaire? So with this... I'm curious from you, did you have any moments along your journey where it really helped you change from uh, if I had only to being a how can I? Because oftentimes we can talk about this and people assume we just popped out of bed one day and they're like, well, I'm now this high performer. But I can tell you from my own experience, uh, I am uh, more than 12 years of full-time personal growth and development into this to create the person that I am because I was not this person and I was the opposite of this person. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think this would circle right back to what I initially said about the, the first question of like, how can I have my best day? Right. I, I used to look, uh, I used to employ lots of people. I've had hundreds of people work for me over the years and that model is I've shifted away from, but um, long story short, when I was early on in my employer um, game, I guess you could say, and I didn't really know much about many topics, uh, including how to recruit proper people, I would typically say like only if I had some heavy hitters that worked for me. And I, I looked at it as I like only if I could recruit them or if they wanted a job. 
And I looked at it as that rather than, in my opinion, many years later, okay, how can I develop my people to be heavy hitters? And it's that reframe for me, right? And it circles all the way back to the initial question of, it's just how we look at things. It's the lens of focus of how we look at things. And that point in my career was, let's see, that was year eight and we're in year 14. So, you know, six years ago or so. And here, I, and that's not when I started uh, employing, but that was the point where I had a big team. I had like 40, 50 people. And I was negatively looking at the team that I wanted to recruit high performers. I wanted to recruit heavy hitters. And I looked at it as that rather than taking the opportunity to develop the people that worked with me into what I thought would be better for them and the company. Does that make sense? It does. So the next thing that I want to talk to you about is, and I'm paraphrasing here based on our conversation, you said, fuck it, let's roll the dice. Let's see what happens. And the dice rolling gets more and more and the risk becomes more and more. So I love this because part of being a higher performer is constantly leveling up. And I even think about when I was in a coaching conversation with my coach and I said to him, I was like, man, for the last 12 years, I've thought about my entrepreneurial journey and what I am creating every single day. And I don't want to always be thinking about this. And he said, Rob, by design, you as a creator, you're always doing something you have never done before. Therefore, you thinking about it is actually a feature, not a bug. So you have a choice. You can either be you can either choose to be a victim. Oh my God, why am I always thinking about this? Or you can be at peace with this. And yeah. this is probably the number one thing that I learned this year. And I was like, wait. I can just choose to be at peace with the fact that I'm thinking about this all the time. He's like, yeah. He's like, can you feel it? And I was like, whoa. So it took me 42 years and four minutes to realize that I could choose peace. But the reason that I'm sharing this story is because uh, many of us as high performers we're constantly going back to zero and doing something new we've never done before. And oftentimes we're rolling the dice on this new thing and the, the investment is higher and the risk is higher. Yeah, dude, uh, that moment I, I've, I'm familiar with and, and much, much respect for taking that breath in and breathing it out. And, uh, and it, in, in, in my experience, it keeps going, right? Because, there will come a point where asking you the exact same question and then you have to explain it to them to love it or move on. And that's a really humbling moment uh, because uh, the vision painted as the owner um, has your team so bought in that their subconscious is flooded with their purpose and they're getting to that aha moment of, wait, this is by choice and you have to explain it to them. And I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to share that just from my experiences and understand where you're coming from that uh, it's, it's definitely a big moment. It's a big moment. And to be honest with you, I'm addicted to rolling the dice. Like 
I know that the growth and the outcome is on the other side of rolling the dice. And I also know that losses will come from time to time. The key is to win big, win often, and win much more than you take losses. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. So last question that we're going to have, and we're going to talk about winning big. And you're someone who has scaled to eight figures. And while I was preparing for this, you know what came top of mind for me, Chris, was what are the questions that people who are making six figures are asking versus the questions that people who are making seven and eight figures and I in our ability to say, hey, wait a second. Am I asking questions that are uh, not as big as I would like? So what are the questions that you asked yourself that helped you scale to eight figures? Uh, Leadership. Um, and by the way, that scale came at an average price point of like $25 uh, sales price point. So it was a lot of fucking sales. Um, but I, I trained sales teams, right? But my sales strategy isn't to sell people. It's just to educate people. And if they want to work with us, they work with us. But that's a whole nother story. Um, leadership. Leadership. Uh, I have a strong background in leadership. Um, and I had an ego on leadership. Um, I have formal education. I have an MBA. I mean, it's leadership's heavy in business school, but military is where I learned leadership. And I would constantly question myself if I'm being a good leader, what the change, we're talking about the change, right? The scale change, six, seven, eight figures. It was leadership for me. It was like, how can I be a better leader, right? We were just talking about how can I? I use that question often. How can I be a better leader? How can I do this more optimally. And in this case, it was leadership. And I knew that I could be a better leader for my people. I mean, specifically, we were just talking about uh, bringing in heavy hitters uh, in comparison to creating heavy hitters. And even recently, even this year, a few months ago, I was having problems internally. And I was like, I don't understand what the hell is going on. I know I'm a strong leader. How can I get better? And it was within my systems. It was within the company systems, and I added a checkbox to each line item within the system, so whoever's following it has to check off the line item, and that was the fix. And it was my leadership that I had to question myself and look in the mirror and be like, how can I be a better leader for my people? We're having these problems. What can I do better? And then I figured it out. All right, well, let's just quickly dive into this because one of the things that was drilled into my head specifically by Ed Milet and Andy Frisella, system scale, system scale, system scale. And when you're someone who is new to entrepreneurship or you're a solo entrepreneur or you don't have the systems, you hear it and you're like, all right, so I know it, I believe it, but I'm not living it. And this is something that's been a track for me recently. I'm like, all right, where in my life do I know something? I believe something, but I'm not living something. And I had to hear systems scale 800 times before I'm like, all right, I'm all in on systems. This is my path to get to where I want to go. 
But yeah. how do you go from zero to putting in your first system when so often you're like, I've never done this before. So I'm hearing once again, a lot of these circular conversations of I've never done this be before, bigger risk, bigger return. So how do you recommend someone starts building their system or starts building more systems or more efficient systems? Yeah. Uh that's a great question. And this is how I teach it specifically to my clients and students. I think there's two different major ways of going about building systems. A, in the moment, during the process, okay, which is how we do things. Then there's B, especially if you have a bigger team setting, like, I don't know, dozens of people, if not hundreds, set aside time after the workflow, whether it's at night, wh whether it's on the weekends, whether you shut down business for a week and dedicate it to building systems, but fundamentally in the moment, A, A in the moment or B after workflow. You know, workflow says nine to five, well, fine. You do systems from six to seven uh, uh, one night or every night during the week or set aside a Saturday or set aside a weekend or whatever it might be. So, for instance, I have a project this weekend with my team that we're doing. We're recording an e-course for one of our students and uh, we produce uh, websites and e-courses and such. We don't have any systems for this. So what I'll be doing while my team is recording on two cameras is jotting down the steps. So I'll, me as the owner, right? I don't need to be there or do I? Yeah, I do because we don't have systems on it. So I'll have a, a notebook dedicated to this project with a pen and paper and write down the steps. Once everything's written down, I'll hand it to the team and be like, build these systems because they're the ones that have to follow it. So they're gonna build what they think is right. That's that's just my example, but that I like to build systems in the moment. That's me personally, because the data is fresh and live. Doesn't mean that's what's best for you or other people, but that seems to be the two different ways that work really well with people that I work with. And there might be other ways of doing it uh, that work well, but those two definitely are um, effective. Yeah, and I very much relate to that as a creator and a course creator that I'm oftentimes building the airplane and selling the airplane and building the process at the exact same time. So my suggestion on how you get started building systems, step one, give yourself permission of time. And this is something that I am even still challenged by. You're like, why am I spending time running down these SOPs of the things that I already do and I can do better than anybody else? You have to understand that you are creating more time for yourself and more scalability by writing it down or using Loom and video recording these things and understand yeah. that this is part of the process for you to scale, to build those systems. For the longest time, I had internal judgment and time guilt about well, why am I doing this when I love to create and do podcasts? It's just part of the game. And then step two is write everything down, whether it's an Evernote or a notebook or Loom where you're video recording these things because systems scale. And remember, your current team is not likely to be your current team in one year. So what you do not want to do is not do this 
And all of a sudden, a year from now, you're like, oh, crap, I've got to redo this. We only want to build the system once and then constantly refine it. So think about it as 80% of the system is up front, 20% of it is ongoing and these tweaking, and that's what allows you to scale. Yes, sir. Well said right there. So, Chris, I really enjoy jamming with you. Where can everybody connect? Oh, good question. And I enjoyed jamming with you, man. We, we definitely vibe well together. It's like we kind of understand the topic, right? <laughs> uh, but I'm also of the uh, understanding that I only know a little bit. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty more I can learn. I've just happened to learn enough to where we can also teach it uh by living it for x amount of years so anyways getting back to the point uh if you guys want to connect with me my website's chriswarns.com it has all of my links fundamentally uh instagram is at chriswarns underscore og my facebook is christopher warns and my podcast is the cw clinic on all major platforms i'm also on youtube with i think the handle is chris warns <laughs> And I want to hear from you. Are you about that high performance mindset in lifestyle? And if so, are there any nuggets of wisdom that you can share with us or that resonated with you from this episode? You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. And also, I mentioned this at the top, but if you want to live this, that high performance lifestyle and be the best version of yourself every single day, on August 16th, cohort number two of my Design Your Best Self personal growth program is launching. You can go to robcressy.com backslash best. This eight-week live personal growth program will help you create a better life, redefine success, and upgrade your mindset. And by the end, you'll have the process and way of being to show up as the best version of yourself. Once again, you can go to robcressy.com backslash best to sign up.